This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey, everyone. We're reviewing the last rugby league matches mm. for 2023. We did it. We, we made it. This it. is the this is the end of the season. Yes, there'll be some off-season chicanery to come, including some in this very episode. But until before that, we get to that point, we've got to recap these last couple of games, starting with an absolute ass-kicking in Hamilton, with New Zealand running at 30-0 winners over Australia to become the Pacific champion. This was crazy, man. What the like, fuck? This is insane. 30-0? What the fuck? This doesn't happen. Wow, you know why this happened? Because one of us was brave enough to stand yeah, behind true. our prediction of the result flipping. I don't know what more you want me to do. I gave a public assa- apology on Coward Street. The, ass- <laughs> the assassination of the kangaroos by the coward Matt Bunga. Me and Charlie were on the way home. I said, drop me off at Coward Street. I have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I walked home in the rain. Oh, so I don't man. know what else you want me to do. So I was um I was at a wedding on Saturday afternoon. So I didn't watch this game live. Um, But... Someone showed me the score when it was six nil after about 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, the Kiwis have made a good start. And the way it works uh, when you do what we do, when people find out that you, that you do footy stuff for a living, they all want to talk to, they immediately start talking footy with you. Right. Mm. It's great. I love it. I love it. It's awesome. It means it's a really easy way to talk to people that you haven't met before. And when you're at a wedding, that always happens. You end up talking to like, you know, the bride's cousin's father's uncle or whatever. And I was talking to this one guy, we're talking footy, rah, rah, rah. And then about an hour later, I'm standing next to him in the line at the bar. And he was like, oh, bro, did you see what happened in the test? And I was like, what? He goes, the Kiwis won 30 nil. And I was like, yeah, okay, mate, that's a good one. That's a good one, bro. All right, nice meeting you. I'll talk to you later. I went back to my table and sat down. One of the boys next to me said, no, bro, it actually happened. They actually did lose 30 nil. I was like, I could not, could not believe it. And this, this wasn't one of those games kind of like the women's one a couple of weeks ago where like a lot of what went wrong for Australia was self-inflicted. They couldn't get out of their own. This was a proper ass kicking. This wasn't any doubt about who the better team was in this game. This wasn't, oh, this had gone this way and this had gone this way. Australia could have won on another day. They had zero line breaks. New Zealand made over 50 metres per set. They absolutely fustigated them. And... Fustigation aside, Bungard, I have I've never seen Australia no. lose like this. Like when I think about the times that New Zealand or, or, or Tonga have beaten them in the past, it's always they manage to turn the game into a real grind, a real mm. forward battle. They get a couple of breaks here and there. It's clear that Australia's off their game. You know, they make they make a lot of errors, and and the Kiwis sort of like get a couple of bounces when they made it. The, the only time that Australia's lost by a margin like this in my entire lifetime. Mm is the 2005 Tri-Nations final, right? Where the Kiwis win 24-0. But even that game was incredibly weird because Australia... It's like Trent Barrett got sin bin twice. So Australia played three... Played an entire quarter of the match a man down, hmm. you know? I've never seen a, a result like this where, like, a t- the other team is just comprehensively better in every single facet of the match. Every single thing that a footy team can do in a game... New Zealand were better than Australia. Then I've I've never seen 
the kangaroos get handled like this. Not in not in oh. my entire life. I don't think I don't think anyone in living living memory. Well, it's their record. You're right because it's their record loss. They have never yeah. lost by this many points. So yeah. if, if by you, definition, we've never seen can, this before. You can go back to some really ancient like tour games. Well, they where, lost like, eleven nil. <laughs> no, no, dude. Like there was a game. Like because I, I looked it up. I was curious afterwards. There was mm. a game against like. St. Helens in the 1930s where they lost 44-2 or something like that. Oh. But games literally where not a single person is still alive who would have seen it. This yeah. is legitimately once in a lifetime type shit. Um, and it just, I kept, I knew the result when I watched the replay, but watching the replay, I was expecting New Zealand just to be like lights out, perfect, no mistakes, nothing. But they weren't actually perfect. I actually thought they took a good while to sort of mm. work their way into the match. They were always in it physically, right? Like you could see that from the first carry where Fisher Harris bumps off Ruben Cotter. Um, there was a, I think, a really telling tackle not long after that where Isaiah Papali'i puts a really good shot on Payne Haas. So they were always like, you know, throwing the shoulder around, shoulders around and into it. But like there were a couple of kicks out on the full and there were a couple of drop passes and like New Zealand was show, playing with a lot of energy and a lot of physicality, but it's not like they were clinical or anything, but the kangaroos just sort of never really woke up. They never got into the game. Like I spoke last week about how, how well prepared they seemed for the, mm. for the game in Melbourne. And then this was like the complete opposite. This was like, they forgot that there was another game on. Legitimately. You know, I, 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 like could, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I've n- never seen anything like this. We, we likely may never again, as you said, it, this could be a once in a lifetime thing at international level, of course, but yeah, this, this, this would be like Penrith losing a grand final by 20 points, which I guess kind of we're 20 <laughs> minutes away from kind of happening this year. But there was no Nathan Clary magic this time. There was no magic of any kind for Australia. Just just pain. Most of it inflicted by Ronaldo Mulatalo. It was flying around like a goddamn lunatic. That hit he put on Val Holmes. Awesome. Fantastic. That that like that sort of like 25, 30 minutes that he had in the first half, that's like as good as a winger can possibly play. Mm. It was great. And it was I was so glad to see him do so well because it's bit, it was such a strange path for him to end up playing for New Zealand. That's right. You know, and him missing out on that origin Jersey is like, if you, if you grew up wanting to play for Queensland and you literally get as close to playing for Queensland as you can. And then someone says, no, this dream you've had your whole life. It actually can't come true ever, even though you're good enough. Like that's a horrible thing to hear, but he's just totally embraced playing for New Zealand. He absolutely loves it. I, I, I think a big part of the reason that the Kiwis were able to put Australia off a little bit and really knock them around is because they've got guys like Mulatala who just play totally without fear and play with their heart on their sleeves. And it's great to see a guy who plays that way get rewarded like this. You know, he was he was superb. Like I thought Matt Tamoko and Charles Nickel Klukstad were both great again. Um, Dylan Brown, after a really rough night in Melbourne, had an absolute blinder. Uh, Joseph Tarpanay was excellent in the middle of the field. I thought he was probably New Zealand's best cool. forward. Just ahead of Leo Thompson, who like really, really upped the ante when he came off the bench. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to pick out a, a mm. bad player for well, the Kiwis. They were it, just fucking superb. On Tarpanay, like we said last week, oh, Australia won this game easily, and now they get Tino for Sumawali and Payne Haas back. Those two guys combined had less meters than Joe Tarpanay did. Which yeah. is just insane. He he just he he just had one of those days where it feels like no one can mm. can get him down, you know. And he was offloading whenever he wanted, and New Zealand were doing so much good work off the back of that. Like just a a, a really really terrific display from from Tarpanay. but like a, like a terrific team display. Yeah, from New Zealand, you know, they managed to put together all the best 
parts of themselves, you know, and the tries they were scoring, it was, it was quite, it was quite interesting to see that some of the tries they were scoring were similar, like patterns to that they created the week before they were just able to execute them better. Like that second Jermaine Asako try, that was so similar to the one in Melbourne that he very nearly got just missed by centimeters. And then he got this one by centimeters, you know, or the, or the, the, the sort of left side shift for Matt Timoko to score. Mm. That was something that they looked for a couple of times in Melbourne that they just couldn't get going, but just, absolutely everything worked. And I mentioned him before, but I got to mention Nickel Klukstad again. I I don't know if he was the best player on the field, but I'm never going to argue with him winning man of the match. And then finding out that he's playing with a busted rib afterwards and then giving the incredibly emotional speech he's up the on the podium. Mate, he's he, the best. he is just the best. And he's one of those guys who you always love seeing mm-hmm. succeed, you know, because he puts so, he puts so much of himself into his football and he's, a, a, a real a real quality person like rugby league's lucky to have guys like that Correct. in the game and when the good guys when the good guys like that win it's just ah it's what it's all about you know yeah it's fantastic and yeah look if you'd told me before this game well one of the kiwis is going to play with a busted ribbon win man of the match i would have been like <laughs> yeah <laughs> who, who else would you guess but him he's an absolute he's an Bro, absolute he, the more mistake. you hurt him the better he gets that's <laughs> right um just not emotionally, because then he leaves your club and goes back to the Warriors. Uh, he, I understood why he did that, though. <laughs> of course. You but, know, um, you, and it, like, what's that bullshit line? If you love something, you got to set it free. <laughs> bring him no home, one has ever him. been happy about setting something they love free. That's very not true. Not ever. It's a, such Never. a dumb saying. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. But, uh, uh, unless you're taking your drone out for a spin and you fly it back <laughs> afterwards. But, fuck, I guess that's not setting it free. You're controlling it. If someone said to you, yeah, I love my drone. I'd be very concerned. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be friends with that person. No, no, I, I would, I would keep them at arm's length for a while. And rightfully so. Um, yeah, uh, a, a staggering result for international footy, but you know, a, a great one for New Zealand. And yeah, it's a shame the crowd was was so small. Like, but that far side grandstand on the on the non camera side was pretty empty for lots of it. The, the the fans behind the goalposts were going hog wild. So. Well, that, that was the crazy part, man. Mm. Is like you get to the end of the game and you think the I think they were mainly on the other side, so they, they must sit in the sun yeah, or whatever. Yeah. The crowd was like thirteen thousand, which still isn't great. But towards the end of the game, where they all start singing and everything mm. like that, I was like, "This is amazing!" Like yeah. this, this is this is genuinely one of the best days in the history of New Zealand oh, has rugby to be. league. Has I'd, to be right like, up there. I'd, I'd probably the World Cup the World final Cup win. in 08 yeah. is ahead of it. And then maybe the 2014 Four Nations final, but those might be the only ones. Mm. Yeah, just a re- remarkable result. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you say for Australia. I mean, like, you, I guess these things can happen. Uh, what else? Like, obviously, this is not cause for like some deep seated review of the Australian Rugby League setup and oh, the game's in crisis and where do we go from here? I don't think it's any of that. I think it's just sometimes no. you turn up and you get your ass kicked and that happens. That's true, but that's never happened to Australia before. That's like true, it ever. hasn't. Well, you saying the... we are in crisis? No, not that we're in crisis. It's just who has to pay for this, Nick? Mate, honestly, there are no changes that would not be justified That's after a, after a loss after a loss like this. You uh, know, I saw there were a lot of people I saw who sort of came out to say, "Oh, this is like Tedesco's clearly passed it. He's got to go." I thought he was pretty good, close to Australia's best. But it doesn't it doesn't matter how good he is or has been or how good any of these blokes are or have been. A record loss means everyone's on the hot seat. Yep. Every 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 single one of them has to be. And there were blokes in this team who I thought looked a little a little old and and a little and a little bit tired and a mm. little bit just 
not as up for it as I guess as the most New interesting Zealand thing was. is we've got like a whole year before this comes up again. So like mm. I doubt that you know I thought Monster was really bad in this game. Like he I was. doubt, but I doubt that will like I don't know how much consideration that will come under like literally a year from now when they play again. So. I think uh, well considering the way Meninga runs the team, I think a fair bit. Okay. Like go. think about think about how. Like if you were just picking on this year, I'm just picking Tedesco as an example. Sure. And if you were just picking on this year alone, Tedesco probably wouldn't have made the side. Walsh might have, or Ponga might have, or Edwards might have, or something like that. But Mal kept him because he was captain of the World Cup team it's last year. Very you fair know? point. So I think all of that now gets thrown out a little bit. Now I think it's a it's a it's quite a big reset. And I think I know it's a year from now, and a lot of things can change between now and then, but. Mal Meninga won't forget this and people won't forget this either. This is the sort of game that has a lot greater staying power, I think, in people's in people's mm. minds. Um, and what's crazy is so many people who've been playing so well were just nowhere. Like Tabawai fit out, turned back into Cowboys Tabawai fit out. You know, you mentioned Munster. I thought he was really poor. His discipline was really bad. Ben Hunt, Ruben Cotter, and Liam Martin all missed a lot of tackles, all really mm. got physically dominated. Thought Harry Grant had a really tough one. As well, you know, Grant, um, Hunt and Grant didn't have a run between them. You know, you're just, you're just not getting a whole lot there. I know the game was already gone, but Nico Hines missed on Griffin Neem. That's, like, that's really, just so poor. Really, so poor. really poor stuff. Like Collins and Carrigan, who have been so good in just about every game they've played this year, they were both, you know, nowhere near their best coming off the bench. This yeah. is one of the only games in his entire career where I thought Payne Haas looked really ineffective. Mm. You know, Daily Cherry Evans for the first time ever looked like slow and a little bit older. You know, so yeah. it wouldn't. I I don't know what the Kangaroos will end up doing. I don't know who's going to get the axe. Well, I would the, bet. The, I would bet that it, there will be a fair well, few. Of them. The the real winners in this game are Cam Murray, Nathan Cleary, and Latrell Mitchell, because <laughs> they weren't a part of this. Sure, if that helps you, but I I think there's a lot of guys who might have. This might be the last time they play for Australia. Yeah, you know, I think so. I, I don't think I don't think this is one that washes away easily. Yeah, what what an ass kicking! What a staggering, staggering result in this great game. Um, the Cornwalls were well on their way to a similar ass kicking. The Fijians made it a bit more of a contest in the second half, but this was again a game that was pretty much dead and buried by halftime. Um, and we said we weren't going to go against them. And we didn't go against them, and they got it done in the in the in the return fixture after last week's loss. Another another big tick for team. The mm. result flips when two teams play each other two weeks in a except row. Except we re- except last week we said this result wouldn't flip. It did but, though. No, but we said it. We we said it. You no. we said two weeks ago that we were going to back Kummels into Kummels. Well, that's on us. Yes, but then when that's Fiji on us. won, we, you were like, "That's I'm on us." Flipping. There was there was a le- <laughs> so, there was a less there was this a less. This is there. why the episode was called when I do it. It's cute because you flipped also, but we're like, "Oh, it's fine." Because it's the Kummels. That's right. It is fine because it was the Kummels. <laughs> and it worked out. It's funny. So, it's funny how when things are different, they're different. Well, that's not. It's the same thing. We said we had to stick to our guns. Blah, 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 blah. But it's but... the Kummels, baby. Yeah, that's true. When things and are different, they're different. They are different. And then they did get it done. Um, I thought they just murdered them down that left. I thought Laybutt was awesome. Bob Darby, I think, is going to be more involved in that Cowboys set oh, yeah. I'm my a big boy, fan of his, eh? My boy AJ getting, getting, getting a try as well, which was nice. Uh, the com- the pronouncing on commentary is Edwin Mbappe, and I was very excited about that. I was going to make a joke about <laughs> how he's the best Mbappe in world sports. Some are saying, some are saying, that. more and more people but are saying he had a stormer as well. Like not just that try where he shrugs off, but Ravalara that he shrugs off, and then the 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 pass at the end to get like uh, the the big the big fella Capinius over the line for that sort of icing on the cake as well. He I thought he was fantastic in this game, but the Kummels 
definitely deserved to win this one. I thought it wasn't as much of a, uh, as much of an ass kicking as, as that Australia New Zealand game. I thought that it was probably more a case of them taking their chances when they came. This game was a little bit more even in that regard, but they no doubt about who the better team was. Yeah, and the the Cornwalls seemed to really pick fix up some of the things that plagued them in that mm. loss to Fiji the other week. Their their ball control was much better. They really stuck to their stuck to their patterns and stuck to their structure, and that really did them world good. I couldn't agree with you more about um, Edwin Apape. Like he's become one of the best hookers in Super League over the last twelve months, and he's the sort of guy who I think could make the transition to the NRL tomorrow you know and if i was a team looking for like pretty much every single team now needs someone on their bench who can cover hooker at least and edwin apapa i think can cover hooker but i also think he's good enough to play in the middle of the field in sort of like that saliva Mm. havili yeah type type role you know what i mean like he's he's sort of solid enough that he can mix it in there even if he's not just playing dummy half and he can play out a first receiver as well as he did a couple of times if an nrl team doesn't try and snap him up soon they are absolutely insane um and yeah i love i love sort of the robust nature that he plays with i love how the second he thinks there's a chance he just goes there's no hesitation he just sort of really explodes off the mark and yeah i agree with you about uh robert darby i think he's someone that we're going to see a whole lot more of and it's just a a a really great result for Mm. for png little little bit of silverware which is nice for them rare for them i would say i just want to say that in, in in amongst the litany of things we've gotten wrong in the last three weeks uh, talking about calm Tane Milne leading into this game, an absolute return to form for 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 the goat. Five penalties, five penalties, two errors. That's how I you mean, do it, baby. <laughs> I mean, the, the ref was so lenient on him; he could have been binned three times. There was a, and yeah, then there was a Grant lot of, Atkins there was a lot finally. Of, there, was a, there was a lot of fire in this one. Finally, got him walking. And the best part I thought about that Sinbin was the first guy with his hands in the air with the ten fingers is Alex Johnson, his South Sydney teammate. He's seen <laughs> this movie before. He was like, "Yeah, get him out of here. Get this crazy man off the field." I'm just glad nature's healing in that regard. Yeah, it's he was look, probably the busiest forward up until that point too. But a man, yeah. a man can't be anything other than what he is. You know, <laughs> every time he's he, every time he's like a good boy for like three weeks, I fall into this trap. But he's always there to remind me that train's never late, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. It's a lot funnier when I don't have to like. I'm not emotionally invested in it. I got to tell you, it's fantastic. You can just well, yeah. That's that. why that's why we all enjoy him so much, man. That's true. Ah, uh, but yeah. Uh, Wanga Blake's second try was really nice. Thought that was probably their only bright spot in this game, but yeah, they were just outplayed, weren't they? Yeah, they were. And Fiji, Fiji just sort of lacked a little bit of that cohesion that the mm. Kumuls that the Kumuls had, you know. And it could have been a really different story if Api Korosau and Viliami Kikau were playing, mm. but that's kind of the thing with Fiji. They are one of the more top-heavy teams. Like I like a lot of those sort of tier, like top-level tier two teams. Yeah, they're top-heavy. They're top heavy, you know, and if they lose a couple of their stars, they really drop off and PNG probably don't have any stars as good as that, but they're, they have, they're really good at sort of linking together. They're good at producing strong team efforts and that's what they showed here. Mm. And of course we round out the international calendar with the uh, third test between Tonga and England. And we said, you don't want to go over on your first big tour and get swept, but here we are, Nick. (laughs) They the went boys, over on their first big tour and got swept. The boys, unfortunately, got swept. Yeah, another very disappointing performance. Yeah, another very disappointing performance for Tonga. I think on the field, they've really let themselves down over these last couple of weeks. I think they're a much better team 
than what they've showed. Um, but they just haven't been able to put anything together at all. And in this one, like there's been a fair bit of feeling in this series because Adam Fanor Blake said after the first test that he felt like Tonga lost it more than England won it. Mm. Um, England took a fair bit of exception to that. And this one was spicy. This one was, this one was ill, an ill tempered affair. Love an uh, ill-tempered affair. Oh, don't don't you ever. But mm. Tonga just couldn't really get much going, and England England England's um, attack linked together a whole lot better. They scored some absolutely sick tries. Like, do yourself a favor and look up the the try to Harry Newman off the Matty Smith kick. Like, that's just absolutely crazy shit. And Tonga just sort of had nothing for him except a few penalties to give away and a couple of big shots, you know, mm. to me, Tonga looked a lot like the team they did sort of 10, 10 odd years ago. They didn't look like the team that we know they can be from, from beating great Britain and New Zealand and Australia in the past. And I actually wonder if Tonga have come to a bit of a crossroads to me, they're a team that looks a little bit stale. Mm. Um, and I thought they looked a little, I thought they probably just weren't as up for it and they weren't as cohesive as Samoa were in the world cup last year. And then ended up costing them really, really badly. Even though I think Tonga probably had the, had something close to the better team on paper. Um, so I think Tonga is a team that needs a change, but I don't know where that change is going to come from. Like, I, I don't know what it is that they need, but I think they need something different to start happening to them. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we talked about how sometimes like, they take a little bit, little while to get going, but they seem to get worse with each game, which is not great. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, we are going to get it like, I mean, I don't know the details. Is Christian Wolf? Has he talked about whether he's going to stay on once he takes over from Wayne Bennett, or that's probably too much for one man to do? You'd think, but you you would think so. And if he's getting his big chance in the NRL, you would think that Tonga mm. might fall by the by the wayside. He's coached him for a really long, long time, time. like yeah, nearly ten years now, and he's been a really good coach for them. But it's a long time for anyone to be in charge if, of a team. If, so maybe 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 that's what they maybe that's what they need a fresh voice, some new ideas, something like that. Well, I don't know. Will, Will Hopwadi retired. How about straight into the coaching role? Straight in there. I don't mind that. Mm. I don't mind that. And he's a well liked. He's a well liked guy. Always has been. Always been yeah. a really good character individual. So I don't know. Well, maybe maybe if he if he does, mm. could we get the situation like years ago at one of the Pacific Tests? It was Samoa versus Fiji, and like two hours before the game, a rumor went around the ground that a Fijian player was injured and Petro Sivanasiva was going to oh. come out of retirement for one last job. And then he fucking did. And it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Is there a chance that this happens? Absolutely. There is. He's only 31. But yeah. Is he only 31? Uh-huh. Bloody hell. Forget, yeah. forget how young he was when he started. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah, they've been in 2010. So crazy. So, or they could go back and get uh, their old coach, Charlie Tonga, get him back. I, the fact that his name's Tonga is just I awesome. know. Well, like there's a, there's a synergy there that you just can't buy. It's like when Arsene Wenger was the best Arsenal coach. There's a reason. That's right. Name was practically Arsenal. What do you want? Uh, but yeah, not good for Tonga. Very good for England. Congratulations, George, and anyone else from England who's listening to this show. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. Not much signing news this week, Nicholas. Very, very quiet. There's really only one bit of news. I'm going to get you to rank these four seismic Canterbury Bankstown signings in order of uh, most important to least important. So we've got Drew Hutchinson, Kurt Mann, 
Jake Turpin and Poesa Falmacilli. At least two of these I thought had already been announced. But I, uh, I, I thought they got announced because did we? Ago. Did like... literally I say on the show last week something about Drew Hutchinson and not realizing he'd gone to Canterbury? And you were like, "Yeah, that happened weeks weeks yeah, ago." Yeah, yeah. So, and I thought the Turpin thing had also happened as well. So. Okay, so I think the most important signing is Farmsuli, just because they don't have any forwards. They have no forwards, and he is a forward. That's true. Don't know how I don't know how good he's going to go, but they need forwards, and he is a forward, so that's mm-hmm. automatically number one. Number two is probably Kurt Mann because he can also play in the forwards, and he can sort of give him a little bit of a passing presence in the middle, which is something they haven't really had or even seemed that interested in having Mm. to be frank with you number three is drew hutchinson just because i've seen him play competent football in the halves for the bulldogs before for the bulldogs for the roosters before and then last has to be jake turbin because they've signed him as a backup haven't they yeah because they got read money i'd agree with that oh geez i mean kurt mann drew hutch blake torf all vying for that 14 jersey it's going to be it's going to be the talk of uh summer summer I I really don't understand what they're going for. They just keep signing like I wouldn't say they're the same type of player, but they're the same level of player. So I wonder. Yeah. If you're a, a team like, like them, I don't see like no disrespect to these guys. They're all like they're all first graders. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I don't see any, how any of these signings are either a better than like the guys they've let go, or b gonna elevate them to where they want to be, which is in the top eight. Like, would you take any of these blokes over Jake Avarillo? That's that's exactly what I was thinking. So you think the answer is yeah. no. I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. I they seemed to, like they seem to be signing like a lot of a lot of halves, a lot of utilities, and mm. but every time I look at that roster, I just think like, yo, Goober, where's the beef? I guess they're just hoping. You know? Is there hope? Just that, like you look at the success story of a guy that bounced around a few teams and then became like a, a very good fit, like a guy like Jackson Hastings this year. Right? Are they just hoping that one of these dudes becomes that? I, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. When I look at these four signings, I'm not sure what they're looking for. Mm. Are I'm they also sure, re-signed sure. Curtis Moore? So. I, I don't mind that as much. Good um, he's a goer. He's definitely a goer. But yeah, I, I normally when, when a team signs someone, you can at least see how they're trying to make the pieces fit together. Yeah. I can't really see that with these ones. You like, know, they're, I, like, they might be interesting pieces, but I don't see how you how you make a picture out of them. Interesting. They still haven't announced the Siotakiaho thing, which like, and by the way, I, I tried to look this up yesterday because I was talking about it with, with, with Josh, who listens to the show. And um, there's no news about him going to the Bulldogs past August last year, which was when all those stories came out at the same time about him reportedly signing with, there's been nothing since then. So that's very, funny. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Even, even that one, I'm not sure. Cause well, I, I, I mean, I think that's better if they get out of that. I watched a bit of him in the super league finals mm. and I don't know. He's, well, dude, wasn't, he's a great, wasn't, he was a, wasn't he was loving a, the look of him. He was an awesome player in his day, but he he's a guy who admitted himself that like he wasn't up, like he was the game was too fast for him at NRL level. Now he, that's he said that words. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he basically was like, "The game ain't in me no more." So I, I don't know. I really don't know. Huh. I, I guess I guess I guess we'll have to see. I can't wait to find out. I was going to say, how's your Bulldogs voodoo doll coming along? It's going great this week. Have you torn the face off it yet? No, it's it's it's. I'm just going to let it sit there and keep doing what it's doing because it's doing great. Keep going, keep signing these superstars. And that's it for today. But we've got uh, our first fun off-season project coming tomorrow, Nick. Yes, yes, fun fun projects are coming out of all over the place mm-hmm. over the summertime, and we're yeah. starting. Tomorrow, with a couple of very special guests, there'll be a bit of sports movie chat. Yes, which I know you're all crying out for. 
Mm. And it's going to be good. They're going to have gonna, gonna have fun times, fun, happy, good times in the summer. Some feelings are going to get hurt. There's going to be some arguments about sentient cars. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> all the all the stuff that you that all you come to know and love. That, <laughs> all the boxes are being ticked. That's right. All right. So we will see you for that chat tomorrow. But before we get out of here, thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get an extra show every week, access to our Discord server, merchandise discount, entry next year's Coltrane Cup, and plenty more. So thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne of the Old Coot, Alex Sergikomi. Oh, $20. I wanted a peanut. Big Patreon name change guy, Bobby Witt Jr. Jr., Broncos legend, Adam Reynolds, Bruce Lepon, Butty, Chip X Nuffalopagus, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Ed Burton. Hi, I'm Mitt Bertrand, and I have redacted. How many dudes in a row like this? Gohan Romy, Steph Enny. I also went to school with Bungard. I was saying Boo Earns. I'm Matt Bungard, could not be happier for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I've got a blank space in my fantasy team, and I'll write your name. Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks outside out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smithmore, Mads Taylor's version. Matthew Duggan, Michael, the climax to a supreme game of rugby league. Oh, Masri, trailing by one to win it. He's got it away. It has got there. Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins. My name is Nick Campton, and rugby union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding ding dong is hard, and I'm sad. Never trendy, not a psyop. Reese Brown, Rowan Trienta Puntos, Acero Eduardo, Roxanne Clark, see you in Vegas, Ty, the black vegetable. The outro music is a vibe on 1.75 times speed. These white slippers are a binary African endangered runner. Thor, Tom Hardy was. We are now offering shouts to everyone lower tiers and everyone's all listeners. Please send five of your Australian dollars to at the Matt Bungard on Twitter.com, Westlife Podcast, and the Pasco Fiasco. And who the winner of fight? Boba Fett or Jake the Morse. Thank you so much for your support to everyone lower tiers and everyone's listeners. Thank you as well. We did it. Yeah. We made it. Duolingo listens really coming in clutch on that uh, Spanish name that Rowan I was I was I was gonna say I like how Rowan's name is becoming more uh his more Hispanic with every passing week. And with that, we will vamanos. Yeah, we will. We did it. We met this. We're officially in the off season now. I don't like that. I kind of. I know. It. I know. Yeah, I oh, we did it, man. We 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 got there. All right. We survived cancellation for another footy season. That's probably the it, most remarkable. And in the end, isn't that what isn't that what it's all about? Yes. Yes, it is. All right. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me.